Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys. Welcome to episode 331 now of the Ron and Don Show. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Here, thanks to Les Schwab and also Mitch.Loans, and of course, Ron and Don. Yeah. We are part of the Windermere family. If you need us, just reach out. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. All those great sponsors. Bring you 331 today. Coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about death threats for a Fox News host that was encouraging people to actually get vaccinated. Also, Malcolm Gladwell, you got to love him. He said, uh, you know what? Everybody's tearing these statues down. We don't need less statues. We need more statues. Kind of surprising. Come from Malcolm Gladwell. We'll get to that, though. Let's get to this. A lot of people talking about Alec Baldwin, New Mexico. A $7 million film that was being shot called Rust and something terrible. Something went terribly wrong as Alec Baldwin was handed a gun and it was, wasn't it supposed to be a blank? It wasn't supposed to have a live round in it? Come to find out, not only did it have a live round in it, he ended up shooting two people, Ron, and he ended up killing, and some people think that he murdered the cinematographer. Uh, the woman that's called the Armorer, that was on this film. It's her job to make sure that there's no live rounds in those guns. Come to find out some of these guns that they were using had just been used for target practice. And they also found on the set, uh, the local sheriff did there in Santa Fe, over 500 live rounds with bullet tips on them. Anyway, something went terribly wrong here. Alec Baldwin is in a lot of despair and it probably doesn't help that you have people out there like Donald Trump Jr. that is now selling T-shirts that says, guns don't kill people, Alec Baldwin kills people. What say you? This is, I mean, this, of course, is an incredible tragedy. Like, nobody wakes up in the morning on a movie set and uh, decides to kill their coworker. Um, it's interesting because my brother lives very close to this set. There's a There's oh. these... Uh, in between Albuquerque and Santa Fe, there are a couple chunks of land where they've built these little western towns. And so stuff like this movie, or I'm trying to remember that one with uh, Philip Oliphant, or whatever his name is. Uh, it'll come to me in a minute. Like A lot of these westerns that you see with the typical Main Street, and you have all the saloons and everything on it, they're just they're stage sets out in the middle of the New Mexico desert. And so Santa Fe has done a, a real good job of trying to, you know, have people come and film there and they give them tax breaks and all kinds of stuff to try to boost the economy. And so this, this person, it, it goes back to, I think Brendan Lee, uh, Bruce Lee's son also killed on set uh, with a blank round. So clearly like the mistake lies in the hands of the person whose job it was to make sure that no live rounds get in there. Uh, I get that it's a low budget movie and maybe people were doing trying to do target practice in addition to the regular on camera shooting of the film. Uh, and it's obviously weird that the word shooting is used as film and as guns. But 
Um, I mean, I feel for Alec Baldwin. I, I don't think he, he's political. He's outspoken. He's had his moments where he was super angry with his daughter and it was caught on tape. And, but when you, you see him, um, he owns up to that. Like I, I cut him some slack in a sense of like, he has strong positions. He articulates his positions. He takes the backlash for his political points of view in stride. And he seems to do it with a sense of, of humor. Um, when it comes to this, like there's nobody that would wake up and, and want to wish ill will on a coworker. It, it, it's just a tragedy anyway. You, you yeah, he went it. and had breakfast with the husband and the little nine-year-old that was left behind. Should someone pay the price for this, though? Should someone do deal? You, you know there's going to be a check written. There'll be some kind of civil penalty here, but but is there is there some kind of criminality when it, when it comes to this kind of negligence? I mean, I don't think, like, this is a tricky one because Alec Baldwin pulled the trigger. He was on camera. He was instructed to point that can that gun right at the camera. Uh, that was he was instructed to do that, and he was told that there was all blanks. The person in charge of the weapon, and I don't know how their contracts read or what the rules are around this, but you would imagine that there is a boilerplate language when you get hired to be the armor uh, that would cover this sort of stuff, and so you would sometimes an accident just happens. Um, this, if there's negligence here to, in my mind with what we know right now, it would fall on the person that handled the actual ammunition. What about, yeah. what do you think? Well, and I don't think you're going to like this, but I, I think if you're going to be as anti-gun as Alec Baldwin is, and then you're going to star in a movie where all you're doing is shooting guns, like make a different movie. Like, I don't get that. That doesn't, that doesn't necessarily... That doesn't necessarily make sense to me because there's all kinds of other types of movies and stories you could tell uh, where you don't have to use firearms. And Hollywood continues to use real firearms on real sets. Uh, there's a movement now and a, a, a change petition out to say, hey, why don't we go in afterwards and, and do what uh, Netflix does a lot? And we'll just, we'll add the sound effects and we'll add the muzzle flash. We'll just add that in post-production. It costs money to do that. And, and that's why on this production, they say it's low budget at 7 million. That seems like a lot of money to me, but I guess on a film, uh, it's not necessary. He, he's an executive producer in this though. One of the things that you learn, and I learned this as a very little boy being around lots of guns. My family had guns lots of honey my dad had guns the, the first thing you learn is you never point a gun at someone uh and even my son pointed a gun at me one day a couple of years ago just a play gun that he had and i said you know you we 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 don't point guns at people and he said well what about nerf guns and i went yeah it's a good point so now we're talking about nerf guns versus play play guns that look like real guns and where do you draw that line so do you not play with nerf guns anymore as a parrot you sit there kind of scratch your head because you're told and it's been ingrained in you to never point a gun at somebody, even if it's a play gun. Just always think to yourself, always think in terms of this gun is loaded, this gun is loaded, this gun is loaded. And the thing is, you're right. He's supposed to, he was practicing pointing the gun at the camera. But the problem was sitting by the camera as a human being, and behind that human being was another human being, and they both got, got shot and one lost their life as a result of that. So, anyway, we'll see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, happy holidays. Yeah, I just said happy holidays. Can you believe it? The holidays are upon us. And the thing that I love about Les Schwab Tire Centers and all the men and women that work there, you know what? 
they want to make sure before they gather around their family table for the holidays that you might have an opportunity to gather around yours. If you have plenty of food, plenty of resources, and plenty to give away, and you're looking for a place to give, guess what? There's 85 Les Schwab locations and they're doing something called the Drive Out Hunger Food Drive. They do it every year. So it's thanks to Les Schwab. And then they partnered with Aramark and also Food Lifeline. They're all teaming up to help families out there that maybe they need some food as they gather around their own holiday table. And Ron, how do we do this? Could not be easier. Just drop off your non-perishable food donation at any Western Washington Les Schwab Tire Center. You just pull right into the parking lot. One of the, the helpful crew members will run out and take your donation. Every donation helps stock the shelves for food lifeline programs in our own communities. Les Schwab Tire Centers, Aramark, and Food Lifeline have all teamed up to drive out hunger this holiday season. It's the drive out hunger food drive happening now you can just tell that they uh, that they're just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we you know we got we got some some more friends now it truly is one of life's biggest transactions if you're downsizing upsizing or right sizing ron and don can help you buy sell or invest in real estate it all starts with a ron and don sit down Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with With Ron and Don. Mm -hmm. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. um, And then they just came in with with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire, the, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed and a, and a, and a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we, yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community. And knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is, is comforting. <laughs> <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now. And we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit. But it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and... Um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Hey, you guys. Are you ready for the best show in the Pacific Northwest? Here's my dad to his boyfriend, Hinton. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, licensed brokers at Windermere when you need us. Let's sit down, ronanddonsitdown.com. And if you need a loan, go to Mitch.loans right now and get a special deal. You tell them you're part of the Ron and Don Nation. When we got off News Talk Radio, the first thing that I did is I disconnected Fox, MSNBC, CNN. I disconnected all those. I stopped watching the news. I canceled the newspaper. Uh, I got rid of a lot of things that I was reading on my phone because I'm like, you know what? I'm free. I don't have to have an opinion about all this stuff anymore. I can have an opinion about stuff I want to have an opinion about. I can read what I want to read, but I don't have to go into a radio station every day and for four hours talk about stuff. And some of the stuff I just didn't want to talk about because it's so political and so divisive. And I notice sometimes even with some of my best friends, uh, just this division of, of, 
of politics and people would listen to me on the radio sometimes and then they'd call me or send me an email or people within my own family are just like ah so so there was a real relief in leaving news talk and that's something that you and i didn't have to deal with because we did rock radio we did sports radio we did top 40 radio and that radio was a lot of fun news talk initially was very fun to me but towards the end there uh just it it Again, so divisive. When we were doing news talk, though, and I watched CNN and MSNBC and Fox, the, the thing that I thought was important is I always wanted to think about where other people were coming from. And I have a lot of people in my family that watch Fox and they still knew. So in order to understand where they're coming from, I, I would watch some Fox News. Uh, I would watch CNN, CNN Headline News, MSNBC, Rachel Maddow. C-SPAN. Hours of C-SPAN. Yeah, on and on and on. Anyway, there's someone on Fox News by the name of Neil Cavuto. The thing that I love about Neil Cavuto is he's pretty self-deprecating. He's super smart, especially when it comes to money. Uh, he has three different shows going on in Fox News. He recently revealed that he has MS uh, in a compromised immune system. And as a result of that, he went, he got vaccinated. He had a breakthrough case of COVID and he got very, very sick, but he didn't die. As a result of that, he went on and he said, Hey, I just want to let you know, I just had a breakthrough case of COVID. I'm so glad I got vaccinated. He said, don't let vaccination be a political football. He said, I can guarantee you that if I wasn't vaccinated, that I wouldn't be here. Uh, he's, he's dealt with cancer and some other things. The thing I appreciate about him is he doesn't deal with a lot of the conspiracy theories that we hear on all the news channels now. And MSNBC, there's many conspiracy theories on there, as you'll hear on Fox News and CNN sometimes seems to kind of uh, sit in the middle with Chris Cuomo. But that's another story uh, for another day. The thing that I thought was interesting, when you look at Fox News and when things really change, it's, it's when Glenn Beck came there. Glenn Beck used to be an old radio host. He was a rock radio host, long hair, everything else. When he got on Fox, what really drove ratings for him is when he jumped into all the conspiracy stuff, which he since has now apologized. He used to make $10 million a year doing conspiracy stuff. The reason he started The Blaze is then he started making $100 million a year doing conspiracy stuff. When he made enough money doing conspiracy stuff, he's like, hey, man, sorry I did all that conspiracy stuff. I probably shouldn't have done that. And he profited off of that as a result of that. And then you saw a lot of the other hosts on there go, wow, he's making a lot of money doing the conspiracy stuff. So then Laura Ingram comes in, conspiracy stuff. Tucker Carlson, who was completely washed up, used to be on a show called Crossfire on CNN. The rebirth of Tucker Carlson is when Tucker walked in and said, you know what? I'm the new Glenn Beck. Uh, Bill O'Reilly is not around anymore. I'm going to take a little bit of Bill O'Reilly. I'm going to take a little bit of uh, Glenn Beck, a little bit of Lo Laura Ingram does. And he just conspiracy theories it up. As a result of that, he's the hottest host on there right now. A guy washed up. And, and Neil Cavuto, he remains on Fox, but he's one of those guys that's kind of a Ronald Reagan Republican. He is not a conspiracy guy. What pisses me off is as a result of going on Fox News and encouraging people to go out and get vaccinated, he has gotten death threat after death threat after death threat, and it just blows my mind. A guy with MS, a guy who's battled cancer, a guy with a compromised immune system, a guy that does three shows a day for that Fox audience, and a guy that, that almost died because of COVID, and he was off air for a long time, getting death threats, and all he did was encourage people to get vaccinated 
and don't see vaccinations as a as a political ploy or political football. I mean, it, it's disgusting, and it, it just keeps. It reminds me how far away we are, in a sense, being on the on the left coast as we are, from some extreme positions that have just taken hold in our country. And they just seem to be dug in at this point. I, I don't know what the solution is on this. It's interesting that in the backdrop of all that you just said that, you know, Facebook is doing a rebranding now and calling itself meta. Uh, they're trying to push back against all the stuff that they've contributed to in, in this uh, radicalization. I don't know if you saw the story. It's sort of tangential to this, but on the radicalization part, um, as a test, and this got leaked out with the woman that, that defected out of Facebook, they set up a fake account for a, a woman, uh, like a middle-aged woman. I think she lived in Virginia and had a couple kids and was married. And then she liked Fox News. She liked Breitbart, like just liked their channels. You know, you do on Facebook. Yeah. I, I like uh, the movie, uh, you know, who's that girl? I like... Yeah. Uh, James Taylor and I like Fox News. I like Breitbart. Then she likes something else. And I just checked in to, the, to, to watch the crack and play hockey. Right. Yeah. So within two weeks, within two weeks of this fake account being uh, created, and it was being audited by Facebook's internal algorithms, within two weeks, she was getting fed QAnon uh, pages. Mm. And then once she liked a couple QAnon pages, Within uh, like two months' time, it was a steady stream of conspiracy theories, of anger, of anti-vax messaging, of all of this stuff flooded this Facebook page mm. to go from like a zero account. Not It's not even a real person. Yeah. This is just a, a fake account within two months' time by all, all, all this fake person did was like... Uh, some of these news outlets, uh, all of a sudden it is filled. It's a hate filled conspiracy laden message board. And if you're involved in that echo chamber, it probably makes sense to go, Oh, Neil Cavuto is the enemy. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very, I think that we need to not only hold them accountable, but like, I hope that Congress does something with Facebook because it's just gotten out of control. Yeah. You know, with that said, what we need more of, and I, I forgot when Martha Stewart, got out of federal prison. One of the first cooking shows she did when she came back is she cooked with, um, Snoop Dogg with who Snoop Dogg. She did. And, and I laughed my her off the other day when I saw them all dressed up in holiday gear. Cause I forgot they did those shows and they, they have like this real connection with each other. When you watch them cook together, it's like really cool. And anyway, they're doing a bunch of holiday cooking shows coming up and, uh, He's dressed as like Chris Kringle. She's dressed as Miss Santa Claus. That's what the world needs more of right now is Snoop Dogg, Martha Stewart doing some cooking shows. So I'll sign off on that. Yeah. Uh, all right. One more segment on the other side, you guys. Don't go anywhere. Hey, Ron and Don Nation. This is Mitch Weeks with Home Seed Loans. At Home Seed Loans, our mission is to make the mortgage process cheap and stress-free. And guess what? 
We've got a deal for all Ron and Don Nation listeners. Our partnership means that listeners will save half a percent on the closing of your loan. That's an average of $3,000 saved when you switch to Mitch. Wow. That's a lot, Ron, isn't it? You should switch to Mitch. I just switched to Mitch. I went to Mitch.loans, and I started the loan process just like you can. That's Mitch.loans. Save a half a percent today, just like I'm doing. The Weeks team, NMLS 1691573. Hey, what's going on, Ron and Don Nation? This is Therese, a new team member on Ron and Don team. It's tough out there for buyers right now, and that's why you need a buyer specialist like me. Let's send you a buyer's playbook, and for you sellers, we have a seller's playbook. Reach out to the team, and let's do a sit-down, and we'll get you these playbooks. Just reach out to us at ronanddonsitdown.com, and we'll schedule a sit-down today. Now back to the show. All right, you guys, before we get out of here, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. How would you describe Malcolm Gladwell for people that don't know who Malcolm Gladwell is? Um, I think he's an he's a intellectual thinker. Like He writes for The New Yorker. He writes a bunch of books. Uh, if you want to get a kick out of Malcolm Gladwell, a thing that uh, unrelated to his, um, his writing, he's an avid uh, runner, and he has oh. been for years. He did a thing. I saw it on YouTube. You'll just have to look it up. He got cajoled into entering this race for charity against a bunch of other people half his age. And I believe it was for a mile. Um, he runs like a sub five minute mile in his fifties. Wow. And he destroys people half of his age. And when the, the, you know, it was all commentated and everybody's flexing at the beginning and he's got those, what are those socks that people will wear up over their knee almost like a compression sock. Yeah, those are compression socks. So like he has the dorkiest running shorts, compression socks. Like he's got all the gear on to be this middle-aged runner. And he crushes everybody uh, in this running exhibition. So look that up on YouTube. But anyway, he's a preeminent thinker. He's Canadian, but he uh, lives in the United States written a ton of best-selling books. Blink, Think, Tipping Point. Uh, his books. latest book was The the Bomber Mafia, yeah. which is an interesting look at uh, me- uh, bombing theory. For and World he War says II. a lot of people make fun of him and his community because, uh, because he takes science and they feel like he dumbs it down. A lot of people feel like Brene Brown does the same thing, that she takes science and, she, and he dumbs it down. And, and you know what he says about that? He's like, I don't dumb it down, but I, I just try to put it in a language that that everybody can understand instead of looking at statistics. Uh, let's look at conversations and, and let's tell stories. Storyteller, yeah. Yeah, so he's a great story. And, and anyway, uh, he has come out and said, because we're seeing right now, especially through the South, over over 2,100 statues are, are to be considered taken down. In New Orleans, it started when they took down four, uh, including the Beauregard statue, and of course, the Robert E. Lee statue. Many, I there's so many Robert E. Lee statues in the South. It's unbelievable. Anyway, Malcolm Gladwell has come out and said something interesting. We don't need to take down more statues. Uh, we need to build more statues if we want to really understand our history. What say you? Well, and I think this is nuanced because I don't think he's saying that in every case. Um, in other words, I don't know if all the Civil War things he would stand by, but the, what he was talking about was in reference to this Bomber Mafia book that he wrote. There's a statue of one of the admirals that was very pro-bombing. And uh, throughout World War II and in leading up to World War II, this guy loved to drop bombs. 
He would drop bombs indiscriminately. And there was some battle that he was credited with winning, but there was a ton of collateral damage with that. And so there was a statue erected of this particular admiral. And so Malcolm was talking about, hey, I don't think, you know, looking through it through modern eyes, you can be very critical of his bomb theory and how many civilians and innocent people he killed with bombs. Uh, his aim was to win this battle and to win the war, but in doing so, he blew up a lot of innocent people. He said, I don't think you should take his statue down, but what he would like to see is next to that statue, there was a very famous pacifist anti-bombing woman that was in the same era that tried to get him stopped. And he said, I think it would be interesting historically if next to this statue of this famous bomber that's a military man, you have a pacifist woman and her statue is right next to that. And so as you're coming up to learn about these two, you get two sides of the story. Uh, I didn't read where he said he would extrapolate that out to civil war. Maybe he has, and, and you read a different thing than I did. But I, I think it would be valuable in that sense of saying, okay, uh, should there be a statue of someone, um, let's say you're in New Mexico where we are, and you have a statue of... Uh, you know, Geronimo and, you know, would you want to have um, a, a Custer next to that and have both statues side by side where you can read this battle story? I think it's an interesting idea. Yeah. It, it, I, and, and we joke about Discovery Park. I love Discovery Park and, and I love to walk my dog out there and run. My son and I go out there one time a week. I, I trail run out there. And Discovery Park is one of the largest urban parks in the country. It's the largest urban park for sure here in Seattle. It's one of the places that hasn't been inundated with, with lots of tents and garbage and whatnot. People take pretty good care of it. And there's this lovely lighthouse that they, uh, uh, lighthouse that they restored. And there's also a lot of history to it. And there's one area of the park where there used to be over 452 outbuildings and they called it the parade ground. And you could still see the old band. Uh, they had a band barrack. They had a barrack for World War, the World War I band. You can still see where they kept all the horses. Uh, all those stables are still there. Uh, you can still see the old post office, and it goes on and on and on. Many of the buildings have been taken down, but many of the, there's, there's still lots of buildings up there. And then some of those buildings have, have been... Uh, modernized, and there's actually people now that live in those buildings, some of the old officers' quarters and all that. Anyway, I took my son to this flagpole, and I said, hey, what would it be like to stand at this flagpole? And we read, and I've always told him the history. I said, it, it, Discovery Park was an embarkation station where a lot of men would be brought before they were actually sent overseas. And a lot of the men that were brought to Discovery Park were actually black, and there was a big riot out there. Uh, and, and in fact, there's grave markers there of an Italian soldier and a German soldier. They kept POWs there and you can see these POWs when you go. And there were also two hospitals out there. They delivered a lot of babies, but a lot of babies cause they didn't have the right vaccines ended up dying. So there's many babies that are, that are out in discovery park. So every time we go out there, we look at this rich history of it. And I told him about what happened with these black soldiers and how a white soldier was killed and these black soldiers were framed for it. And 19 of these soldiers ended up uh, going to prison as a result of this. And then later on, we would find out that the U.S. government under Clinton would apologize to these soldiers, give them the rank and their money back. But the problem was one of those soldiers, there's only one soldier that was still alive. All the rest had perished. 
And and you you stand there in Discovery Park. There's nothing about that. There's nothing. All there is is, and you stand at the flagpole. There's all these pictures of white men on horses, and they're and they're going through the parade ground, and that's all the history that is handed to you when you stand there and you read about Discovery Park. And and my son looked at this and he goes, "Daddy, where's all where where all the because because we think about this a lot when we watch television shows." Like we, we sometimes we'll go back and we'll watch an old Elvis movie. You'll not see one black person, Elvis movie. watch. And he brought this up. Watch, uh, Bing Crosby's white Christmas. There's a reason they called it white Christmas. You will not find, you'll see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in that cast. You will not see one black person in white Christmas, right? White Christmas, certainly not a black Christmas. Anyway, back to discovery park. He brought up a good point. You're standing there and you're like, it's all these white soldiers on horseback looking majestic, but the majority of people out here that were black, especially the 19 men that were framed for something they didn't do and their lives destroyed. Where's that statue? Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don show. We really appreciate you. If you need us, just reach out to ronanddonsitdown.com. Also, our thanks to Les Schwab Tire Centers for sponsoring today's show. And Ron, they want to make sure this holiday season that nobody goes hungry. Yeah, stop by any location with your non-perishable food item. You don't even have to get out of your car. They will rent out and take that donation from you. And uh, it goes to Food Lifeline here in our local communities. Also, if you've been thinking about doing a refi for 2021, 2022, uh, or you're buying a new place, go to Mitch.loans. He's a partner of the Ron and Don Show, and you will save half a percent on that loan, uh, the average savings of $3,000. Yeah. Again, if you need us, let's sit down. Ron and Don, sitdown.com. Hope you guys are having a great start to the holidays. He's Ron, I'm Don. Till next time for episode 332, you keep your head up, you keep your shoulders back, and we will see you next time. Olay! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.